Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community practicing the way of Jesus and thirsting for the life it gives. Well, the last um, several Sundays, we've been fleshing out our, our mission statement for our church, which is, which is quite simple. It's to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do what Jesus did. And our focus this year is exploring on what it means to be with Jesus. And how do you do that? How does one actually be with Jesus? Next year, we're going to spend some time with the idea of becoming like Jesus. And then the year after that, doing what Jesus did. Now, all three of those things have a lot of overlap. And so the whole time we're going to be talking about all three of them, we're just focusing in on on being with Jesus this first year. And a few weeks ago, when we were introducing uh, this mission statement to our church, I asked a question, and the question was, how do we be with Jesus when Jesus isn't physically present? Right? I mean, it, it sounds nice. It sounds like a good thing to say. It sounds like a good thing to do, be with Jesus. That sounds, that sounds great. But how do you actually do that? How exactly does that happen? Um, you know, it was, it was easy for the early disciples who Jesus called to be with him because he was physically with them. And they got to follow him around for three years and spend time with him and be with him. But how do we do that? And so I want to try to answer that question this morning. And to do so, we're going to turn to the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a book in the New Testament. It comes right after the Gospels. And so it's the fifth book in your New Testament. And one of the things that I appreciate about the book of Acts is we get to see the disciples be with Jesus when he was no longer physically present. And so the book of Acts, of course, it takes place after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection and his ascension to heaven. And as he was ascending to heaven, Jesus tells the disciples, he said, I'm going to be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. But then he leaves. Right? So there's this, there's this strange paradox that, that Jesus is physically leaving them, but he's also promising to be with them. And so the disciples then are left to figure this out. What does this look like? How does this work? How do we follow Jesus now that he's not here? How do we be with Jesus? How do we become like him? How do we do the things that he did if he's not here? And so... If you think about the book of Acts and, and, and read uh, the story of the early church, what you're going to find is that they had to be with Jesus like you and I do today. We have to figure it out, right? How do we be with Jesus who's not physically present? And so we can learn a lot from the book of Acts. And so we're going to turn to Acts chapter 4 today, and I'm going to invite Sherry Cheng to come up, and she's going to read for us from Acts chapter 4. So Acts chapter 4. 4, 1 through 13. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem 
with Anas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name do you do this? Or did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is solution, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Thanks, Sherry. And so I want to focus in on the end of verse 13 where it says this, and they recognized that they'd been with Jesus. They'd recognized that they'd been with Jesus. Now, Peter and John are standing in trial before this dignified group of religious authorities, these religious leaders, and they're, they're being judged, they're being tried. Um, and now Peter and John, they did not have the religious education that the judges had, that, this, that the people who were sitting on this trial had. They had a living knowledge of Jesus that surpassed head knowledge, right? They didn't have the training. They didn't have um, the book knowledge that these religious leaders had, but they had this living knowledge and so these dignified, trained religious leaders, they're astonished by Peter and John. And they're astonished not so much at what they say, but how they say it. Because we're told that, that, that they're, they're shocked, they're astonished by their confidence, their composure, their calmness, their courage that, that they're exemplifying. And they're perfectly unembarrassed about being uneducated because Peter and John were fishermen. They did not have the education that these religious leaders had, yet they're perfectly unembarrassed by that. They're unfaltering in, in their ability to talk about God with grace and wisdom and, and meekness and knowledge, and they had this ease about them. They had a, a non-anxious presence, and so they took note of that. It's possible that, that this trial where Peter and John are being tried here by these religious authorities, it's possible that these religious authorities, when they were trying Peter and John and judging them, that they reflected back on Jesus' trial and, and, and took note of how Jesus responded, how Jesus reacted, how Jesus um, carried himself. And so now Peter and John are in a similar space and they say, hey, we recognize these guys have been with Jesus. So there's something about being with Jesus that, that left a mark on Peter and John. And here's what I find interesting about this. When the disciples were physically with Jesus before his crucifixion, before his resurrection, before his ascension, you rarely ever see them operate with this level of comfort and confidence and, 
and clarity and, and boldness and awareness. In fact, what you find when, when the disciples were with Jesus and they were following Jesus for three years, what you find is the opposite, that the disciples were usually getting it all wrong. Right? They, they were the ones who were showing their insecurity, their lack of faith, their, their inability to understand the things that Jesus was trying to teach them. Time and again, you read the gospel accounts and you, know, you, you see Peter chopping off someone's ear and Jesus healing it and saying, what are you doing, Peter? You, you see uh, the, the disciples like confused by his teachings and Jesus has to explain it to them again and again and they still don't get it. You see their lack of faith throughout where where. You know, Peter at one point even argues with Jesus. And, and, and there's so many accounts when you read the Gospels of the disciples just like not quite getting it. But now that Jesus has ascended to heaven, they're getting it somehow. So why is that? Well, there's a phrase here in this passage that we read that gives us a hint, and it's in verse 8. And it says this, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. See, when Jesus ascended to heaven after the resurrection, he told the disciples he'd be with them until the ends of the earth. He also told them, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to empower you, he's going to fill you, he's going to teach you all things. And Jesus tells them this, he's going to remind you of all the things that I told you. That's what the Spirit's going to do. In, in other words, Jesus tells them, through the Holy Spirit, you're going to learn how to be with me, become like me, and do the things that I did. And he's going to teach you how to be more attentive and more, and more aware of my presence, even though I'm not physically here. And that's a key part in the book of Acts, right? It's a key part for you and I, because how do we follow Jesus? How do we be with Jesus? If he's not physically present, well, there's a clue that Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to us, and through the Spirit, we learn how to be attentive and aware to Jesus' presence. And we see that unfolding here in Acts chapter 4. We see it unfolding all throughout the book of Acts as the disciples, the early disciples, they figure out how to be with Jesus even though he's no longer with them. Which means this, being with Jesus is entirely possible for us today because we have the same Holy Spirit, right? So being with Jesus is, 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 is entirely possible for us today. You know, several years ago, um, I was praying for a church service similar to this, what we're doing here today. And I was praying for our church service before the service started. And, and I, this is the prayer I prayed. God, will you be with us today? And I went on with my prayer and we had a wonderful church gathering. And I was talking after church with some friends, and, and one of my friends humbly just challenged me on that prayer. And they said, hey, you know how we prayed, you know, for God to be with us? And I said, yeah, yeah, I prayed that. And, and my friend said, isn't he already with us? And I kind of just like was stunned, like, well, well yeah, <laughs> like God is with us. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's, he's omnipresent. He's here right now in this space. And then he, he said this to me, maybe we should pray that we could become more aware of his presence. And I was like, that's a really good prayer. Instead of praying for God to be with us, to pray, hey, 
God, would you make me more attentive and aware of your presence? Now, being aware and attentive to God's presence is, is easier said than done, right? As we live in a world full of distractions, everything is vying for our attention all the time. And, and I'll make a confession. You're not going to think I'm a very good pastor after I share this with you. But last Sunday, my only responsibility last Sunday was to set up our sound equipment and run our sound system. We run our sound system on, on an iPad. Angie's running it for us today over there. She's got the little iPad. And, and uh, that's all I had to do was the iPad. So I'm sitting in the back with my wife, Michelle, and you know, I got, got the sound all figured out, everything set up. And Ian is, is giving his announcements. And my phone is on vibrate, and it's just buzzing like crazy in my pocket. And I know who it is. It's my fantasy football league buddies. <laughs> because there was a game last Sunday at 9.30, and my phone's just... Uh, 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 and I'm like, I'm the pastor. <laughs> I'm going to sit in church today. I am totally focused on Jesus and everything that Ian's announcing. As he got to his second announcement, it's buzzing like crazy. Serious FOMO just kicks in, and I just reach for my phone. I pull it out, and I got, I got put a little passcode in to open it up, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, there's like nine texts here. And, and I, I'm not going to read it. I put it back. Three more buzzes. <laughs> He's on his, I think, third announcement. I pull it out again, and I look at it, and I, and I read the text, and everything in me wanted to jump in the text thread because it's my buddies. They're talking about fantasy football. I love that. But if I do, Ian's going to know because he's on the text thread. He's in my league. <laughs> and if I text during his announcements, he's going to know that I was texting during his announcements. Um, so forgive me, Ian, for that. Um, but it was a reminder to me on how easy it is for me to get distracted. You ever had that happen to you before? You want to be focused on something, but there's, there's something that, that distracts you. There's, there's these distractions that come from, from, from every, every angle. Dallas Willard once said this, that, that the reason we don't look a lot like Jesus is because we've lost our vision of God. And what he means by that, losing our vision of God, what he means by that is, is that it's easy for you and I to become unaware of God's presence, that we actually become less attentive. We've lost our vision of God. We can go about our day and just be distracted from one thing to the next and not even be attentive to God's presence with us, to Jesus being with us. And we allow all these distractions in our lives just to fill up every little bit of margin that we have. Have you guys ever noticed um, that books have margin. I have a picture for you I want to I show up on the screen. How does that picture make you feel? Oh, anxious. How else? You too? Any other feelings that come from looking at that picture? Overwhelmed, yeah. Anything else? See, there, there's a reason that books don't look like this. It would save paper. Why, why don't they look like this? Well, there's a study that was done by Penn State which showed that our reading comprehension is actually reduced by 9% when our pages that we read don't have any margin. 
Because what happens when we read something like this, when we read a page that looks like this, is we put all of our focus and attention on how we're reading and not what we're reading, right? There's no breathing room for your eyes. Uh, somebody said that they felt overwhelmed or anxious when, when they saw this page. It, it's, it's actually visually fatiguing, isn't it? It's almost even visually irritating when you look at a page with no margins. It causes the reader to have to pay super attention to, to just how they're going to get through that page. And comprehension goes down. See, the reason that books have margins is because when a page is completely filled with text like this, we have a hard time with it. And I believe that the same is true for our lives. That for you and me, we have this tendency, right, that any margin we have, we look to fill it up with whatever, whenever. One of the ways that, that I tend to do this is with my phone. Right, that my, my life sometimes feels like this page in all its chaos. And a lot of times it's, see, I even have texts on my phone this morning as, as I'm preaching and my friends are buzzing. <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of times this steals my margin, right? And there are many times throughout my week when, when I catch myself instinctively grabbing for this, it, with any space I have, if, if I'm standing in line somewhere, if I just have a moment of, of peace where I'm not doing anything, if, if I'm in between tasks, if I drive somewhere and then stop driving, I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll grab my phone, and I open it up, and I don't even know what I'm going to look at. <laughs> it's just instinctive, right? I don't, it could be the weather, it could be Twitter, it could be my email, it could, it could be social media. Whatever it is, I I'll pull it out, and I don't even know when I'm putting in my code what it is I'm going to look at. It's just an instinct to look, and then I'll just decide what's going to take up that space. And sometimes, at the end of the day, I don't know if you have this experience, but I have this experience often, I'll feel fatigued and tired, and sometimes even exhausted. And it's partly because every free window of time that I had, every bit of margin that I had, I spent on my phone. Have you ever been there? Now, I'm not trying to criminalize your phone. Some of you are getting nervous, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's, like, preaching against my cell phone. Like, that is not, like, that's where it stops. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not trying to criminalize uh, our phones or suggest we shouldn't have them. I'm just trying to, 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 to show you how easily our margin can be stolen in our lives. And when we have no margin, what happens? We become less attentive to God in his presence because we're just going from this distraction to this distraction. And here's something I'm learning. If I want to be attentive to God in his presence, I need to stop filling up all the margin in my life. And so what I want to do this morning for us, for the lucky friends that came to church on Sunday, see, this is one of those Sundays you'd be like, man, why did I come to church today? It's okay. We'll, we'll get through it together. But here's what I want to do. I want to give you homework. Um, sometimes our church gives out homework. I hope you're okay with that. Um, but that's something we do from time to time. And this is really going to be a, a spiritual experiment of sorts for us. And I'm going to suggest to you two ways for you to practice 
being attentive to Jesus' presence, and both are going to involve your phone. One's going to require you to use your phone more, and one's going to require you to use your phone less, and you're going to get to pick which homework assignment you want to do. Does that sound fair? Some of you aren't sure yet. You're just going to wait to hear what this assignment is. Okay, here's the first homework option. For the rest of the day today, just today, the rest of the day, um, treat your smartphone like a dumb phone. And what I mean by that is, is just use your phone for texting and actually talking to people on it, like on the phone. And so you, don't use it for, for Twitter, for uh, the news, the weather, uh, any social media. Uh, now, I'm not asking you to give up social media, the weather, the news, any of that. Just go find another device to do it on, not your phone. So go to your laptop or your desktop or a tablet. Just don't use your phone. And you say, that sounds silly. Why, why, why do that? Because there's intentionality behind going to another device. Right? So if I'm just sitting on my couch and I've got like 30 seconds where I don't know what I'm doing and I reach for my phone, usually I'll just go look at something. It requires no intentionality. But if I say, nope, I have to go get my laptop out of my bag, fire it up, then go on Twitter or then go on social media, there's a ten intentionality to it. And see, the reason that's important is because a lot of times our margin gets stolen when we stop being intentional. Right? So, so that's, that's one assignment. Um, for maybe some of you in the room will want to do that today, that assignment. And here's, here's another component to it. Pay attention to every time you find yourself reaching for your phone to check those things, to, to make it a smartphone. Pay attention to every time you do that. Um, here's what I don't want you to do. If you're reaching for your phone three or four times today, just, and you catch yourself like, oh, I'm, I'm, not, tex I'm not texting anybody, I'm not calling anybody, I need, to, I need to put it back. That's okay. Every time you catch yourself doing that, here's what I want you to say. Every time you catch yourself getting your phone out today, say this. I want to be more attentive to you and your presence, God. I want to be more attentive to you and your presence, God. You don't have to pray for five minutes. You don't have to do penance. You don't have to take your phone and be like, oh, shoot, I just, I just checked my phone. You don't have to lock it up in a drawer or in a safe somewhere. I, in fact, I want you to keep your phone on you the entire day. That's part of the experiment. Because I want you to pay attention to just how much margin is being stolen from just not being unintentional, just grabbing your phone and, and, and looking at that. Okay? That makes sense, and pay attention, because that's part of the experiment. How, how often do I do this? How much margin in my life is being taken up? If you don't like that homework option, I'll give you another one, but you can blame uh, John and Meg Anderson. They're not here today, but I'll give you their phone number. You can call them and text them if, if you really aren't happy with this. A few Sundays ago, um, I had left my phone at home, and I get here about 7 o'clock, 7.30, um, and I'd forgotten my phone, and it was after church, and I was talking with John and Meg in the lobby back there, and, and, and they're asking me how the day went, and I said, I feel like I'm missing part of myself. <laughs> I feel like something's missing, and it's my phone. I, I forgot at home. I never forget my phone. And, and we just started laughing and talking about, like, what would it be like if we had to go without our phones for a whole day? And, and, and I, I was reflecting with them how my experience that morning was really different. Like, when I had a free moment, I, I'd, like, reach in my pocket, but nothing was there. <laughs> and so I just, like, had a free moment. 
And we were talking about um, how our phones can, can help us feel more connected and productive, but they can also steal our margin. And so they're to blame if, if you want someone to be upset with about that homework assignment. Um, I'll, I'll give you their contact info. Second homework assignment. This one is going to require to use your phone more, not less. And um, that can sound strange, but I, I want to make this point that technology isn't evil in and of itself. Like, it can, it can shape us in good ways, right? It, it can form us in good ways. It can also deform us. And so we have to be aware of both. But this, this will require you to use your phone a little bit more. And it's an app that I've been using for the last couple of weeks. It's called the, the, the One Minute Pause app. And so you'll have to download it. You have to go to the app store and get this on your phone. Make sure it's the right one because there's about 50 pause apps. Make sure it's this one. <laughs> um, it's called the One Minute Pause app. I got a picture on the screen here to show you what it looks like. Um, uh, here's what will happen. Once you download this, it'll ask you to set two times today to get a notification to pause. So, for example, let's say, hey, you know when I want to pause today? I want to pause at 3 p.m. and at 9 p.m. or at 10 p.m. And you just set those times, and you'll get a little alert on your phone. And then you'll get to choose a one-minute pause, a three-minute pause, a five-minute pause, or a 10-minute pause. And there's a number of them there you can just click on. And what you do when you click on that is it'll give you some music and some scripture and some prayer just for that one minute or for that three minutes or for that five minutes or for that 10 minutes. And um, I'm going to give you a little example of what this looks like because I have a three-minute one for us to do together. So can we watch this and get a little taste for what this looks like? Okay, so there's an example of a three-minute pause on the one-minute pause app, um, just so you know what to expect. And so does, does everybody understand these two homework assignments? Here's the first one. You get to choose which one you want to do today. These are just for today, the rest of the day. Turn your smartphone into a dumb phone today, just for the rest of the day. Every time you reach for it to use it as a smartphone, where you're not texting or making a phone call, just say this. I want to be more attentive to you in your presence, God. That's all you have to do, right? That's the first assignment. And tomorrow you can go back to using your phone as a smartphone all you want, just, just, just for today. Or the second option is to download this one-minute app, and just for today, set two times to where you're going to take a pause and just meditate on that scripture verse that's being read, pray, just stop, be silent, pause. And, and, and here's ultimately what I want to ask for you or of you, rather. Be attentive to how that affects your day today. Don't just do the exercise. Be, pay attention to how it affects you today. And if it makes you kind of slow down and become more aware of God in his presence and what it does to you physically, emotionally, spiritually. And I think it would be great next week now, um, if a few brave souls wanted to share their homework experience, maybe you, you, you do this assignment today and next week you come to church and you're like, okay, here's, here, here's, what, I, here's what I noticed and here's what, which one I chose and, and here's when I did it and here's what it was like. That would be amazing. And for those people who aren't here today, they could hear that and thinking, what in the world does this church do? <laughs> ask you to turn your phone off and ask you to download an app. But I think it would be great. And, and maybe you're, you're of 
the personality where it's kind of it's hard for you to get up in front of people and share something like that, you, you could write it down and email me. May, it, it, we'll put it up on the screen just so you don't have to come up and share it. But I think it would be a good experiment for us to do as a church. Because when we talk about being with Jesus, it, it sounds great. But how on earth do you do it? Especially in the, in the age we live in, where we're just distracted all the time, everywhere, right? We have intention to, to be with Jesus and do prayer and devotion and read scripture and, and reflect and meditate on his word. And, and then the day goes by. So what this uh, experiment's hopefully going to help us do is just become more attentive to that, more aware of that, and actually make space for it to happen, remind ourselves of it. So does that sound good? Can, can we all commit to doing that today? Awesome. Can I pray for us? And I'll invite the worship band to come up to close us with a song. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we recognize that our attention, our attentiveness, our awareness, um, at times gets crowded. We want to be aware of your presence with us. We want to be with Jesus. And yet the margins in our life look like that page where the text just completely fills it. And we get to the end of our day and we're exhausted and we're fatigued and sometimes we don't know why and it's, it's, it's because there's just simply no space. And we've lost our vision of God, our ability to be attentive to your presence. And so Lord, today as we embark on this experiment together as a church family, we pray that you would show us how to leave margin. We pray that you would meet us in that margin. That you would restore us, you would refresh us, you would revive us, you would rejuvenate us. You, you would make us more aware that you're already with us. That you would make us attentive to your presence, Jesus. Lord, I pray for any of my friends here who might be feeling guilt or in any shame from having no margin in their lives. And God, I pray that, that not only would, would you encourage them today, but you would uh, take that false narrative of shame and just rip it out of, of, of their minds and hearts. But we know that your word says that it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. It's your kindness that draws us to you. Lord, I pray for any of my friends who maybe feel like, oh, I can never be a Christian because I, I can't read my Bible and I can't pray and I, can't, I don't know how to set aside time. Lord, would you just bring encouragement to, to, to them this morning? And through this experiment, maybe even um, show them how, how to do that. Just like you did with the, the disciples in the book of Acts. Fill us with your spirit. And we ask all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at www.wellchurchvt.com.